Let's go down to the holy river. Welcome to Prince Drop by Track. I'm your host, Darren. And today we're going to be talking about dreaming about you. And that, of course, is the letter U. And the G has gone missing. From Emancipation, recorded summer 1996 at Paisley Park and released 19th of November 1996. On the track, we have Prince and newly joined to the band, Rhonda Smith and Cat Dyson. And making one of his later appearances, working with Prince, Eric Leeds. Um, the track is 3 minutes 53, and joining me to talk about it is Christy Norman. Hello, Christy. Hey, Darren. Now, in terms of a genre, um, I think maybe this is a ballad? I would think so. There's not an awful lot of lyrical singing. I mean, there is, but it's mostly the same words over and over again. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is, uh, yeah, it's it's weird because it's mostly spoken word, right? Which is really nice. I actually really enjoyed <laughs> that. I mean, it was like yeah. you know to get away from Prince trying to rap and going into the spoken <laughs> word. I really, I really liked it. it. Felt so intimate. Oh no! And the thing is, as well, in terms of like the production, it does feel like Prince is like right up in that microphone. Yes, like he's really. It sounds like he's really. I mean, it might just be the the way that the track has been processed afterwards, but it like his vocals sound really, really close when he's doing the um, the, the spoken parts, and then when he's singing, it's then it, it, like the sound becomes a bit fuller, and it's kind right. of as if Prince is away from the microphone a little bit. Um, you know, I guess I guess that's the best way to kind of describe it. Yeah. Um, and now, interestingly, I mean, I don't think this is completely correct because I don't think it, it is this, but it kind of around this time, obviously, like slam poetry was becoming very big. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were certain spaces, uh, coffee shops, one might kind of say, where, you know, slam poetry evenings were kind of events. Um, and I don't know if that maybe had an influence on, mm. you know, what Prince is doing here. Um, you know, it. I. I guess you know, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like Prince is doing slam poetry. Certainly, no. you know, there's no kind of performance element. Um, but just the way that he's singing and the way that he's kind of doing the spoken word stuff, to me, it. It kind of. It, it's a kind of. It's a. You know, it's. It's poetry in a way that. Um, I don't think Prince has done on some of the more spoken word stuff that he's done because there have been tracks before where he's done mostly you know speaking but not rapping. Right. Um. And this this doesn't feel like those tracks. This feels like slightly different. It's a little more soft and gentle. But I don't know if like the popularity of slam poetry at this time is something that's maybe, you know, brought Prince's mind around to doing a track like this. Hmm. Obviously, you know, we can never know what's in his mind, but it just strikes me as the mid 90s was a time when that was kind of getting big. Um, And maybe, you know, if Prince had turned up to a, uh, you know, a slam poetry event, and you know some of the, it, it's just the way some of the words are phrased in in this song that make me think that in a performance space uh it would work you know particularly the stuff when he says my sane twin reigns claiming your aim to right. maim my subconscious like the way he's delivering that i can imagine him um you know in a coffee shop kind of just delivering those words while people do the uh, you know the the finger snap things hmm. um you know but maybe that's just me yeah i i think it was maybe a little it wasn't as big in the at this point in the 90s i think in the united states i think it had kind of reached its peak in the early 90s so i don't i don't know i mean it wasn't I remember hearing a lot about it in high school and not very much in college. And that was, this was about the time that I was in college. So it, 
I would be surprised. I mean, unless it's maybe him late to the game, kind of like with the wrapping. I was going to say, just because something is no longer big doesn't mean that Prince hasn't just suddenly <laughs> discovered it. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> particularly with 90s Prince, there seems to be, you know, I mean, this album does have like a, a like a 1920s jazz style things. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, it, it, feel, it feels like maybe there were some later influences that were just finally reaching Prince on this particular album. But yeah, I mean, I, 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 like we said, Prince is very close to the mic and, you know, he starts off by saying if the wind blew every petal from your precious red rose would you be afraid of what you'd find inside and again you know uh, as is common with slam poetry there is no rhyme scheme right aside from later on when we do get that kind of claiming your aim to maim all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so that you know there's no rhyme at the beginning there um and when he you know obviously the, the chorus is when i'm alone in my room i can't stop dreaming about you yeah which he says many many times <laughs> yes <laughs> uh it is it is it is you know repeated a few times and he finishes by saying every time i do what i need to do i can't stop dreaming about you and there is a nice little bit of kind of like um guitar stuff going on as well there's like some nice kind of like and he kind of ch- he kind of choked up at the end of that first chorus too which i just it was very it felt very natural and I'm sure it was intentional or intentionally left in, but I thought it was, it was very nice. It just gave it a lot of emotion and realness and rawness. I really enjoyed that. And, you know, to put this in context, you know, Prince is recording this in the summer of 1996. Obviously he's, you know, newly married to Maite. Right. Um, and also Maite is pregnant at this time. So, yeah. um, you know, it's worth keeping that in mind because I feel like you really get that in this song. Right. Um, you know, it's it's not it's not just kind of, you know, the kind of the interesting, you know, kind of poetic setups that he uses within the song. Um, but it's also the fact that when he's saying, you know, when I'm alone in my room, I can't stop dreaming about you. That to me, it feels like, uh, you know, Prince somewhere in Paisley Park <laughs> uh, dreaming about his pregnant wife, you know, yeah. like, and and it feels very much like that is the thought. It's not you know, Prince, um, you know, thinking of someone erotically, which, you know, might have been 10 years earlier. Um, this this feels like, you know, a person in love thinking about the person they love, um, you know, which is, you know, something that is obviously at this particular point, you know, that is that is something new to Prince, um, you know, and very specific to, um, you know, about a, a six month period of his life. Let's put it right. That. Yes. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, you know, so the chorus does have that, and yeah, I did notice that you know the kind of the delivery of, of where he kind of chokes up a little bit as well, and I, th- you know, I don't think Prince, you know, if he wanted to, he could easily go back and re-record that, but well, yeah, and I think it was very intentional that he didn't, um, and also, you know, there's it's worth saying as well, you know, we've only just had the debut really of Rhonda Smith. Um, in the band but on this song there is some lovely bass work oh yes um, that she's doing it really is very like sexy and it's a nice vibe to it it is i called it um in my notes i said that it was uh um like background makeout music (laughs) yeah it sounds to me like she's playing a fretless as well yeah okay like the way that and the way that she's playing it if like there's a few times where it sounds like she's hitting some harmonics as well Mm -hmm. so again that and the thing is as well you know obviously to be in prince's band you have to be able to at least play as well as prince if not slightly better to keep your job um yeah so i feel like (laughs) so i feel like some of the stuff that ronda's doing this it almost feels not like an audition but it feels like she's trying to be like look i can play a fretless bass and i can do harmonics on it um Mm -hmm. you know and obviously that might not be something that prince can do and and so it feels like she's trying to kind of demonstrate you know uh you know something that she's bringing to the bass yeah Um, well anytime you you can do something 
as good or better than Prince, then that's helps with the job security because he was a bit fickle about his bandmates <laughs> at some points. Yeah. Um, and there is also some lovely saxophone from Eric Leeds as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it really kind of intertwines with, you know, the, on the chorus in particular, you know, you get the kind of the interplay between him and Eric, right. um, which is something that obviously, you know, at this point goes back a decade and you can always, you can always tell when it comes to the horns, particularly when you have a solo saxophone, it's pretty much always Eric Leeds. Um, but you can tell kind of the interaction, you know, like to me, I always imagine Prince singing and looking at Eric Leeds in like another recording booth and kind of just nodding as he kind of interacts with him, uh, which I don't think is how it would have gone down. Um, you know, Prince, obviously notorious recording vocals, uh, right. with nobody watching. Uh, but to me, in my head, I'm seeing him looking at Eric Leeds and being like, yes, this is, you know, this is working. This is really good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we get to the poetry, which is revolving around every word that is spoken, like the planets around the sun. I want you, your tongue is a great persuader, which is probably my favorite line. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, um, before that, you said, I want you. So I, I was reading some discussion and there's a controversy over whether it's, I want you or I warm to you. Do you have an opinion about about that? I could hear it both ways. Once I was like looking at the lyrics and listening to the song intently, I could really I could hear it as I want you or as I warm to you. And I'm like, hmm, I think I mean, I warm to you is maybe a little more poetic. Yeah, with with the, like with the planets around the sun right before it. Yeah. Um, I warm to you does kind of make sense. Although, you know, obviously looking at a number of different places for the lyrics, I want you is the, you know, and uh, back in 1996, I did not call 1-800 New Funk to get my own <laughs> copy of the lyrics, as was instructed in the booklet. Um, so no, so I, I don't have. have a definitive copy. Yeah, well, yes, if I don't know, 20 years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I might have I might have tried to get a, a copy of the lyrics. But yeah, I mean, you can kind of hear it both ways. But I would, I would say, yeah, I warm to you does kind of feel more poetic, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. A little bit. You know, your tongue is a great persuader is a great line anyway. It really I mean? is good. Yeah, and I like the fact <laughs> that he says, and then we kind of go back to, you know, when I'm alone in my room, just watching a rose, a dream about you, a dream about you. And I, mm-hmm. I like as well when Prince takes a chorus and kind of reframes it like that and kind of changes it slightly because, you know, it keeps the song interesting. You know, yes. obviously, you know, we have a chorus, uh, you know, so that we get the repetition. But at the same time, it's nice to you know have occasional kind of variations well and i thought Um, he did a really good job with that in this song too that he repeats the chorus a lot and you know it's the same couple of lines pretty much throughout the chorus and he repeats it several times and i thought he did a really good job of varying it enough to really keep it interesting and fresh and it didn't it didn't get boring for me and we have essentially the second verse Mm-hmm. Um, although, you know, it, 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 these really aren't verses. They're more like kind of poetry stanzas. Yes. Uh, where he says, when my, and this is obviously a bit of a tongue twister, when my sane twins reigns, claiming your aim is to maim my subconscious into being with you. I dream about you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I mean, this whole, I don't, I'm not even quite sure when he's like my sane twin reigns. I'm, I mean, obviously with him being a Gemini and we've had, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, certainly when Batman was around, we had the whole kind of Gemini thing. Um, so I'm guessing that's a reference to that. The fact that he is a Gemini and he has this sane twin. Yes. Um, you know, and this is obviously recorded around, you know, summer 96. So I wouldn't be surprised if this was near his birthday that this was recorded and maybe that's. That's why this is on his mind. Um, but at the same Probably. time, to say <laughs> claiming your aim to maim my subconscious is like 
<laughs> I bet he practiced that more than once to get it right. Well, yeah. 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 I don't know if he's just trying to write a new tongue twister or, but like, I don't, I, I'm not quite sure what he's saying in that, in that kind of, um, in that line. Um, because to me, it doesn't really make any sense. I no, no. Like I, you know, just... it just feels like a lot of very nice kind of words that kind of fit together. And, and that's pretty much as much as he is, has kind of put into the kind of the thought process. Hmm, uh, I wonder if it's maybe to like bend somebody a little more to his will. Like he's trying to get their subconscious to think about him as much as he's thinking about them. I mean, the thing is, it kind of pays off a little bit with the next few lines where he says, betting on the notion that if my lustier twin prevails, mm-hmm. which again, that is a, that's a wonderful turn of phrase. Um, like the ruins of Rowan, I'll lie helpless at your feet. Um, and then he says, yeah, when I'm alone, I dream about you. I dream mm-hmm. about you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, we go back to the, the chorus. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I find it hard to think that, twin, that Prince would have a twin who was lustier than he. Um, you know, <laughs> well, he had yeah, his I, sane twin and his lusty twin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, this might be kind of a, a, a kind of callback to the whole kind of, um, you know, spooky electric, you know, this kind of evil side of Prince. Maybe he's talking here about the lustier side of himself. Um, you know, obviously, most of this song feels like, like I said, the song of someone who is married talking about their, their kind of their one love. So right. the idea that maybe he has out there, there is a lustier version of Prince who isn't married <laughs> and doesn't have a pregnant wife at home. And he's who is maybe trying to kind of influence someone um, like, you know, I don't know. I think it's an interesting idea. Um, but it just doesn't feel fully developed. Um, although, you know, like the ruins of Rome, I'll lie helpless at your feet. Right. Again, That's... you know, it, it, it's nice that Prince is kind of here, you know, experimenting with slightly more poetic lyrics um, than he normally does. Yeah, it's very romantic. And, you know, we, we finish towards the end with, and we here we stand amidst your core, like the petals on this rose I adore. Uh, if the inside is kind, kind in the sense that one would come from all, and the wish that you would wish will come true if you call. Again, it's a bit of a tongue twister. Uh, but if not, you will fall and I'll still be dreaming about you. Uh, and he says, with this ball in my stomach, just dreaming about you. And I think that that final line is the line that kind of always sticks with me the most in this song. Because it kind of it speaks to the fact that even though Prince is, uh, I mean, at this time, what, 38? Yeah. Um, you know, and he has, you know, uh, Maite is pregnant with his child. Just the idea that, you know, he still is nervous about thinking, you know, dreaming about being with Maite, maybe, you know, like, that's that's an interesting idea. Like this insecurity, even though he's talked about a lustier twin and, you know, we've had all this kind of, you know, like, like every word that is spoken revolving around the sun, you know, like he's had all these kind of like poetic things. But we finished with him basically just saying, you know, I'm very nervous about this relationship that I'm in and, you know, the idea of dreaming about someone. And, you know. I think that's that's an interesting kind of sentiment for for Prince to kind of finish the song with. Yeah, agreed. And also he finishes saying the title of the song, which is always my favorite thing. I always like when someone finishes with a title. Yeah. Because that way you remember what the song is called. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the production on this song is interesting. You know, you got some wonderful Eric Lead stuff. Um, you know, Rhonda is doing some great stuff. I'm assuming some of the kind of the guitar stuff, um, you know, the kind of the, the finger picking. I don't know if that is Prince or if it's Cat Dyson, but I'm going to assume hmm. that it's probably Cat Dyson that is doing no, some probably. of that. It, it's kind of a nice band effort, um, you know, especially considering that this is around the time that, you know, Rhonda and Cat Dyson had just joined. You know, it's nice to kind of hear, you know, them kind of immediately jumping in and kind of, 
you know, bringing a different sound. Right. I mean, a lot of this album is Prince by himself. Um, and I don't want to say it sounds samey, but there's a lot of production on this album that kind of, it's easy to mix songs up basically because when Prince is by himself, he has a tendency to drift towards a certain sound. True. Well, and there was three hours of music. I mean, well, yes. <laughs> some of it's probably going to sound a little similar. Yeah, but I like that this song stands out simply because you have this different kind of guitar sound. You've got this wonderful bass and, mm-hmm. you know, you have the kind of the nice gentle interplay between the voice and the saxophone, um, you know, and being a saxophonist, I'm always a fan of that. Um, so, you know, I feel like and also, the, you know, this this spoken word thing is something that Prince hasn't really done that much until now, mm-hmm. uh, coupled with with that chorus. You know, it's uh, I think all round, you know, it's a it's a it's a very strong song. And, you know, on this second disc, you know, there's a lot of songs about Maite, obviously. I think one would say that at least 11 out of the 12 on this disc are definitely about Maite. Yeah. I feel like this is a really good kind of picture of, you know, Prince as a married man with, you know, a pregnant wife, which is a situation which would only very briefly be true. Yeah. And so I think this is an interesting snapshot of that summer of 96. Yeah. Interesting. And so for me personally, I would say four out of five. I feel like the only reason I can't go five out of five is just because I feel like even though some of the the lines are interesting and poetic, uh, I feel like they're kind of lacking a kind of clarity. Um, You know, I feel like obviously, you know, good poetry um, it, it, it should be kind of obscure, but you should be able to understand it. You know, it should be easy to read a meaning in there. Right. And for this, some of the lines, you know, you can puzzle over, but not because they have loaded meanings or double meanings, but just because they are a bunch of words that don't really make that much sense. Well, they, I'm sure they made sense to Prince in his brain at some point. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like that kind of lets it down a bit. You know, I feel like if Prince had a co-writer on this who was, a you know, a poet... They might have been able to bring something a little bit more um, kind of poetic to to the way the words are put together. But, you know, as it's Prince, it feels a little bit kind of unfocused. And, you know, the chorus is nice and catchy. I, if, I feel like I have to knock it down, you know, from a five out of five to four just because it feels slightly like it could have done with just one more one more go around on the lyrics just to kind of you know, focus in a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's nice that Prince can say some of these tongue twisters, but if they don't mean anything, then all they are are just a sequence of words. Right. Um, you know, right. I feel that kind of lets it down a little bit. Oh, well, I, I would say I would agree a four out of five. I it was very, I thought it was really romantic. It really, it felt so intimate and s- sweet. Um, yes, there was some confusion over what exactly these lyrics mean or, you know, how they, really work together very well. And I agree that it definitely sometimes it's just words put together because that fit whatever rhyme scheme or cadence scheme that he was trying to achieve. But um, yeah, I would say four out of five. It's it's good background music, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there are some Prince songs that suffer from, um, you know, I, what I would call just get to the end of the sentence itis, which is... <laughs> You know, he, he knows he's got a certain number of syllables and so he'll put a word in and then you're like, what did he mean by that? And it's like, well, <laughs> what, he, what he was just trying to do was just get to the end of the sentence, basically. You know, he knows he's got to go ba 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 So it, like some of those, just to fit them in, yeah. he'll just put a word in there. And then you're like, what does he mean by main? Um, and I'm sure if you asked him, he would he would go, well, it's one syllable and I just needed something to put in there. 
See, and that's almost a little disappointing because I really, I always think of him as more deliberate than that, but maybe not. Yeah, I mean, I, I get, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm obviously reading a lot into that, but yeah, I think, I think sometimes there is a case of, you know, just, it's just one more syllable in a, in a sentence <laughs> and, and it's not really that much thought being put behind it. Right. And also at this point, he is recording a lot of songs. Yes. Um, You know, he's, he's got 36 tracks that he's going to be put on the, on this album, you know, 35 of which you know, well, 34, because I'm not going to count the plan as a track, um, 34 of which were kind of recorded in 1996, you know, right. only one of which was held over from a previous year. So he's putting out a lot of material. So I feel like sometimes he doesn't get a chance to kind of, you know, maybe go back into the studio and give it one more go around, which I'm sure if he was with a record label, they would say, Prince, would you mind just popping back in the studio and, <laughs> and giving these songs one more try? Why don't you listen to that one more time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, Prince, he performed this song only really in 2009 and only as an instrumental. Okay. Um, so, you know, he, I, I'm guessing that the sentiment from the song was probably maybe too painful for him to bring up in later years. I can appreciate that. So, I, 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 yeah, I can understand him not wanting to perform it. But at the same time, the music is so good that maybe, you know, he was like... You know, let's bring it back just for a couple of nights and just do it as an instrumental. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe while while he's popping off stage for a, a costume change. Yeah. Um. You know, maybe something like that. Um. Yeah. So you know, uh, goes without saying, no one's covered this song. No. Um. Though I, f- I feel like you know there'd be an opportunity for someone to you know if they wanted to cover it for someone to really kind of get in there, maybe redo some of their own, you know, add some of their own lyrics, and maybe give a couple more stanzas of something you know about a different subject. Maybe just keep the chorus, you know, yeah. maybe do something with the song. Like somebody to sample it, you think you mean? Yeah, yeah. you know, like just that, that kind of that, the, you know, the, the guitar and the bass and stuff. Yeah. That's, it's interesting enough that if you could kind of just keep the chorus and then use that as a break, I think someone could make an interesting kind of cover of it. For sure. Um, but, you know, we'll have to wait for that to happen. So I feel like we said about as much as we can about Dreaming About Agreed. You. So let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Kristen? Sure. Uh, I co-host a podcast called The Mountains and the Sea, which is a Prince podcast. Uh, we talk about an album and we find a high or mountain and a sea. And we also select a time capsule. And you can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast. So, um, and I also co-host another podcast that's unrelated to this one called Killer Fun, and that explores the intersection of crime and entertainment. And you can find us on Twitter at Killer Fun Pod. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Trap by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you can email us, not sure where you would, at PrinceTrapByTrack at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Christy. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And otherwise, Oh, <laughs>